All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you are tuning in to Radio Purgatory today, where for every 15 minutes of our listening, you can erase an hour of bad listening experience. Uh, this is the Gospel for Life. I am Josh Bales from the Well Church. Around the table, we have what? What? It, it is so good <laughs> that we are... This is Russ Herman from Cloverdale, URC, <laughs> that we're talking about sanctification because, well, I don't want to mention people by name, but it could be that one of our hosts needs it. <laughs> well, that's absolutely true. Oh, I think we all need it. <laughs> and that's Jonathan Van Hoogen from um, Dayspring Reformed Church. Glad you're here today, brother. Glad to be here. And then we have a guest host Becoming today. Becoming more, more and more sanctified more and more every sanctified. day. Through putting up with me. Yes, now, this do is you why get I special rewards? Yes, I do. <laughs> And then special guest host today, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist. See, we can play well with Baptists. Most of the time. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mentioned yesterday that, you know, one of your favorite guys is J.C. Ryle. Mm-hmm. Have you read anything on baptism by him? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> do you do that secretly? I do. It's my, it's my guilty pleasure, you know. Awesome. All right. Well, um, yesterday we began talking about sanctification. Of course, we're going through Paul Tripp's book. Do you believe? Again, um, I think the 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 strength of this book um, is he handles doctrine and then practice, and both of those things are necessary in the Christian life. They're the two wings on the plane. Um, if one of those wings is missing, the plane's going down. And the great news is that if you have enjoyed this this series, I think we're on our hundred and first yeah oh, episode at, at least. Of this, um, at the Reformation Boise Conference, October 21st and 22nd, with our speakers, Dr. Beaky and Dr. Thomas, um, speaking on the topic of the church, we will have a plethora of these books for you to buy and actually see what it actually said instead of just depending upon what we've said on the radio. That's right. And yep. so it would be... So save your money because uh, Pastor Russ um, buys all these deals all, all year long. And so I think it's true to say that you're going to get the best deals of the year at this conference in terms of buying books. Yeah, and I actually think we're going to be able to secure some better deals even this year. So I'm pretty excited about hopefully what we have to offer for you. So go to ReformationBoise.com today. Sign up for the conference. It's October 21st and 22nd. Uh, some of the Will best. Will they be able to be the first person to register? No. Oh, no. Because that was me. <laughs> All right. So we are talking about sanctification. Uh, yesterday, um, we really fleshed out the difference between justification and sanctification. Pastor Tim uh, read a great quote by J.C. Ryle. Just where, where can they find that quote at? That is from his book, Holiness, which is his most popular book that okay. he wrote. So it's like, uh, they probably could just Google it um, and, and maybe find that long quote instead of... Yeah, it, actually, this it's a sermon. So each of the chapters in the book is a sermon, and the sermon is just called Sanctification. Okay. So if you Google J.C. Ryle Sanctification Sermon, um, I'm sure you can find a PDF of it. And very helpful um, distinguishing between those two things. Okay, so let's get into it today. Now, you came up with this question. I think it's a wonderful question, Pastor S. Is sanctification monergistic or synergistic? So first of all, what what do those terms mean? Mono, one, um, sinner, uh, uh, synergistic together with. You know, so is... is uh, is it a one work of God uh, by God who sanctifies us, or is it a cooperating work of us and God himself? So we're introducing you into uh, an ongoing debate about how do we speak about sanctification. Is it monergistic 
is it God alone working, mm-hmm. or is it dualistic or synergistic, where it's God and us? Um, and this has been an ongoing conversation um, for an awful long time. Yeah, I think that that you linked. Uh, uh, <clears throat> An article by uh, Kevin DeYoung, your best friend, uh, although you can't get him to come to our conference. Yep, yep. Good grief. Um. <laughs> he, he actually wanted to change his name to Russ, and I, I told him, Kevin, that, that's too far. He's a Russ Herman fan already. <laughs> Russ, Russ Herman just jumped the shark. <laughs> so he, Kevin DeYoung uh, wrote a really good article um, Basically saying, look, um, these terms actually apply to the new birth. Um, and I think he's right. Like, mm-hmm. um, So the new birth is solely the work of God alone. Monergism. We don't, we don't contribute anything because we were dead in our sins <coughs> and God made us alive in Christ without any cooperation on our part. Now, that's a very Reformed distinctive. Um, a non-reformed perspective would be no. Uh, the new birth is a cooperation of our work and God's work, and so we stand solidly on the idea that the new birth is monergistic. But is that the those part? are the solas of the the Reformation, right? So the question is: is are those the right terms to be using for our sanctification, monergistic and synergistic? And I would say that they're not helpful in in so many ways because it, it just adds confusion. Um, I think the simplest way to talk about it is that in the process of sanctification, um, naturally it is wholly based upon the work of, of Christ um, through his word, through his spirit, that, that um, by his grace, that we become holy. However, mm-hmm. um, you, I think you have to quickly add that as Christ works in us through word, spirit, and his grace, we're also called to be active, to pursue holiness. Um, I think um, Tim read this from one of, of R.C. Sproul's, R.C. Ryle's quotes yesterday about that we have to kill sin, that we pursue holiness, that we are to be those that are um, not passive um, but active. Um, and so you're trying to hold these things in, in, in tension, and I think this is what Paul is, is writing about in um, in the book of Philippians. Um, I don't have my Bible open, but in Philippians 2. The order matters. I mean, yes. I, I would say so regardless of the terms that we use. I, I think I, I think you have persuaded me on this over the long years that you have been tortured with me on the radio. Um, I think that those terms probably aren't helpful when it talks about sanctification. But the order matters. Yes. Um, we work – because God works, God, mm-hmm. God is so to use kind of Aristot- uh, Aristotelian language. God is the efficient cause of our sanctification. Uh, our working is the instrumental cause. Um, if God didn't work, we wouldn't work. That's right, and that's what Paul writes in Philippians two twelve and thirteen. He says, "Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out." your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, exactly what, what Josh was saying. Well, and Paul, Paul does the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15. When he's comparing himself to the other apostles, he says, I worked harder than them all, 
Um, yet it was not I, but the grace of God who worked in me. So he's he's holding on to the idea that the Christian has to work, but he is giving all glory to God for the energy of his work, for the gifting of his work, for the intellectual ability of his work, for, for every part of his work, he gives the credit to God. I thought you were actually going to quote 1 Corinthians 15 and apply it to your work here with us. Oh, on the well, that's for true. Yeah. I worked harder than all of these <laughs> other guys, but not me. It was the grace of God. And you're on a roll today. All right. Um, okay, so Murray has this quote. Um, let me just read the first part. That would be John Murray. John Murray, yeah. Yep. Doctor. Yeah, Dr. John Murray. I really like him. He's a, he's a great theologian. Is still. He's in heaven, but... Is, okay, so he, this he, he has. <laughs> I, I actually think one of the most helpful books is um, "Salvation Accomplished and Applied." Um, it's and redemption. redemption. Redemption accomplished and applied. Um, it's so helpful with thinking through just the process of salvation. That's why in my mind that that was all cluttered, um, and and works you through. Each of the processes, and and even though it was written from a doctor of theology at Westminster, um, it, it's extremely accessible. I think it provides clarity um, on so many things, and, and I think you'd be blessed by it. And this is where that quote comes from. Yeah, and I just want to maybe just read the first part. He says, God's working in us is not suspended because we work, nor our working suspended because God's work. Neither is the relation strictly one of cooperation, as if God did his part and we did ours, so that the conjunction or coordination of both produced the required result. God works and we also work. And here's the, here's the sentence that I think really matters. But the relation is that because God works, we work. I think that's, um, so this is where those little nuances and those little distinctions in theology really matter. Um, because if God is interested in making sure that he gets the glory, the credit, that there's no boasting in man, then if we get these things twisted in our minds, then we're stealing glory from God. Have you guys read uh, The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges? Mm-hmm. He had a really helpful illustration for this very thing, and he compared sanctification to farming. Not not justification, because if, if you hear me wrong, I'm going to be a heretic here. Um, we but, already think that about you, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said that our sanctification is like uh, tending a field, because on the one hand, the farmer is entirely responsible to tend that field. If he doesn't do any work, it's not going to bear any fruit. It's, not gonna, it's just going to be overgrown with weeds and thistles and thorns. He said, but on the other hand, the farmer is entirely dependent on God to reign on the field. Uh, and the only reason that he can actually do any work in the first place is because God has gifted him with the body, the mind, the property, et cetera, et cetera. So his point is we are entirely responsible for our sanctification. We are entirely dependent on God for our sanctification, and both of those are true. He might he might not have used those exact words, but that's that's the gist of the illustration. That's a good illustration. Well, well Scripture just says in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. So there's, you, you see both of those things happening there. Yeah. You know, the dependence on God uh, and the activity that we're involved in, in walking according to his plan. Yeah. You have to understand that Bridges was not um, from the West and specifically from Idaho. He, he spent most of his time in the Midwest. And so when he gives that farming illustration, um, what you might not know is in the Midwest, um, 
farmers don't irrigate. So there is no irrigation system at all. Um, the whole farming process, once that seed goes into the ground in the spring, it is entirely dependent upon the rains um, and the weather that God sends. And there is mm. basically zero that the farmer can do um, between the planting and the harvest that will determine the, the outcome of that harvest because it is dependent upon the seasonal rains that God sends along the way. And so that illustration, I think, is more powerful <clears throat> in the Midwest than it is in Idaho, where where I think farmers out here do have a lot more to do in the process. Where Where I'm from, from the Midwest, from Iowa, you have nothing to do. You're wholly dependent upon um, what God does. Um, and I was just going to mention, Jerry Bridges has several books that are helpful on this topic. So, um, Pursuit of Holiness. So, Russ is the resident <clears throat> Jerry Bridges fanboy. He, oh, man. He's, he's great. Practicing Godliness, Transforming Grace. So, there are numerous books um, that Bridges has written that would be helpful with regard to sanctification. Respectable sins. Respectable sins. Confronting yep. the sins we tolerate. Yep. You know, we call out the biggies, the icky stuff as we so perceive it, and some of it is. But calling out things like ungodliness, yeah. calling out things like frustration and anxiety, that that was the first Bridges book that I read, and it was life-changing for me. Tim, if you keep doing this, you're not going to be invited back because you just make, make us feel you guilty. You know what J.C. Ryle said about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Real quick before we close, if you're wondering about purchasing books by Jerry Bridges, the good news is they will be some Jerry Bridges books is on hand Woo-woo. for our Reformation Boise Conference, October 21st and 22nd. Um, Dr. Derek Thomas, Dr. Joel Beakey will be speaking on the church. If you want to register, go to ReformationBoise.com, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. 